Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where we are halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer. Take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. Whoa, living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. Do you think Bon Jovi is secretly a nerdy Christian? No. No, I th- not. I don't, I don't no, think not so. Not in the least bit. No. Least bit. Uh, probably not, but maybe he is. Maybe he's listening. Bon Jovi, if you're listening. Thanks. John. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> just, John. just thank you, John. Yeah. Uh, Bovi, do you think it, yeah, I'm just not even going to go there. Bovi. Okay. Uh, bon Jovi, John Bovi. I'm Heath. <laughs> I'm Jeremy. <laughs> Let's get to the news. Okay. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, K-Dot, as we call him, K- KL, I don't know if anybody calls him that. Is he the lead actor in the Black Panther? Sure. Okay. No, he's not. Who is he? He's a rapper. Huh. Yeah. Rapper, spoken word artist. What's the name of the actor? Uh, Kendrick Lamar <laughs> unveils the Black Panther soundtrack. Uh-huh. Okay. Along with big rap names like... You ready? I want you to read these names, please. Two chains, of course. Future, yeah. Is that how you, <laughs> yeah, that's just regular pronunciation. Yeah, future. Vince Staples, mm-hmm. Anderson, and, 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 and no, and Anderson. I guess and, that's a. Oh, I'm sorry, act. Vince Staples and Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> they sound like <laughs> a law firm. Uh-huh. Uh, Pack. I think it's Dot Pack. I don't know. Maybe oh. Pack. Pock. All right, Pock. Dot Pock. Uh-huh. Tupac. Yep. Here's the. He's one. not on here. No, no, no. He's dead. Uh, Sacramento Spitter. Mozzie Maz- and Vallejo, yeah. <laughs> California crew, yep. Sob times RBE RBE are in the mix. They're in the mix. Wow, um, no doubt to provide a dose of West Side authenticity for the Compton rappers. Peace of mind. I read that K dot. See, it says there K dot himself appears on five of the fourteen tracks. Huh. So I read that sentence. That's an actual sentence that we just read. And I had no clue. Like, I felt like I was speaking a foreign language. But those are just rapper names. Okay. So back in the day, it like, was easy. Biggie, okay, Rev Run. Like, I knew that. Oh. Now we got, like, Deepak and all sorts of stuff. Anyways, Run, K-Dot. DMC. Uh, I listened to this. I li- well, I listened to the first song that yeah. was released. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are Kendrick Lamar fans. I, I can't get into it. I've tried. I wish I... Are you I into other rap uh, artists? Yeah, I like some stuff, you know. Okay. Anyways, he's he, he it's Kendrick's weird because he claims to be have some sort of faith, mm-hmm. uh, but he's really filthy. Mm. I mean, he's pretty dirty in his st- lyrics and yeah. Anyways, and so but it sounds pretty cool, and I think it really fits the flow of the movie. Like it feels, it feels really good. So, anyways, that's pretty cool. If you're a K dot fan, Kendrick Lamar, there you go. We just threw you a bone. I don't and, know. Uh, two chains. Uh, Mario Kart coming to phones and tablets by March 2019. Have you ever played Mario Kart? Yeah. It's fun. Rainbow Road. Oh, or bridge. oh Rainbow, Rainbow Road. Bridge. Oh, I had a friend who always tried to jump that. You know how you could skip the... There's a way you could skip the map mm-hmm. on Rainbow Road. And uh-huh. if you did it, it was high risk, high reward. Uh-huh. Okay? Because if you did it, you'd you'd lap everybody immediately. Sure. But if you miss that jump, it's game over, baby. You fall for the rest yeah, of Yeah, you the... fall over that little guy. He comes in his cloud and he fishes for you, which seems weird that he... Right? He's in a cloud uh-huh. and he fishes you up with a pole. Yeah, isn't that odd? Just go get you. Yeah, just go pick you up. Like, don't or let you fall. golf, let you fall. You did it. Yeah. Anyways, on a tablet and on a phone, you'll have Rainbow Road by 2019. It seems like a long time. It's a year or more away, but they're just teasing it for it us. It seems like one of our listeners could just get that done next yeah. week. Yeah, it's probably already done. Make it happen. But they're making it happen. Right. Uh, Stan Lee was rushed to the hospital mm. with a regular heartbeat scare. Mm. Okay, but they released him pretty quickly. And when they asked him how he's feeling, this is this is so Stan Lee. He says, all I really want to do is tell you that I'm feeling great. I'm glad I spent that evening in the hospital. It did me a lot of good. Now I'm home and looking for new trouble to get into. You know, the usual. Wow. <laughs> you got a good night. <laughs> He's so great. Good night's rest, a square meal, and yeah. back on the streets. He's 95 years old. Yeah. I mean, that guy is... You know. He's a treasure. The usual. Yeah. The, you know, the usual. Getting into trouble. <laughs> uh, NASA lost contact with a satellite 12 years ago. This is news. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. An amateur just found its signal. NASA confirmed an incredible discovery Tuesday that an amateur radio astronomer on the hunt for a classified government satellite Wait, stumbled what? upon signals from a spacecraft, spacecraft that had been thought lost for 12 years, raising hope that NASA can resurrect a mission that changed our understanding of the invisible ocean around the Earth. So this title here. Yeah. There's a lot of questions in here. Yeah, what? He so he he's looking for a classified government yeah, satellite? So it got leaked that we they had sent this satellite up. Oh, this satellite. He's not looking no, no, for no, some no. other one. No, so this is what here's what happened. Okay. The government sent up some satellite recently and it was classified. Nobody really knew what it was doing, but they lost it. Ah. They they lost this satellite. And so he said, Well, I don't like that they can just send up satellites. And he was kind of saying that space is it's it's not owned by anybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna find wherever the heck I want out there. So he starts yep. scanning 
And while he's scanning, he finds another satellite that they lost 12 years ago. Wow. And it makes me feel like, like my mom used to get mad at me. Like I've lost a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, <laughs> like, can you imagine this? Like you get the call from NASA, like uh, Trump's like, hello, what's up? And, you know, NASA's like, oh, sir, we, we, we lost a satellite. And he's like, oh my word, NASA, you know? <laughs> like, okay, this is not losing a Game Boy. So, yeah, but they are not buying you another one. They've done this twice now. So at this point, like NASA needs to put a some sort of radar on it, like something to, to like beep home. Yeah, know? isn't that what a satellite does? Yeah, like doesn't not, it transmit some sort NASA, of frequency? Somebody's dropping the ball here, in NASA. Do I guess they, I don't understand what unless, satellites do. Unless it's just a giant like missile site that they're sending up there to bomb us all, and Musk is. I feel like this amateur random. astronomer would let us know. Yeah. Anyways, this thing was really cool. It was called Image M I M A G E. I'm sure it stood for something. That's what they do. They say some word and then they make it fit. You know, mm-hmm. a, a, what is it called? Anagram? Sure. It's, well, it's an acronym. <laughs> acronym. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> and what is an anagram? I don't even know anymore. That's uh, when a word is the same forward and back. Sure. That's, this is, image is <laughs> Igami. <laughs> igami. Uh, so this thing was, image was meant to scan Earth's like solar storm. Mm-hmm. And apparently this is just how cool God is. God put this uh, solar storm in you know, in our universe right. and it looks like liquid flowing around our earth. And up to this point, we had never scanned it or seen it. Yeah. But this thing was sending back these beautiful pictures. You can check it out. Mm. Image online, uh, sending back these beautiful pictures of this like ocean that was flowing around the earth, just expelling poisonous stuff. And, and like, it was, it's amazing what yep. this thing was doing Well, we lost it anyway. So this guy found it well done. Good uh, job. Guy. NASA should hire him. But the funny thing was he, he alerted NASA and it came back all the right codes, all the right stuff, and NASA didn't want to own up to it at first. Right. They're, they're like, ah, it's they're like, well, we'll we'll check on that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a Russian uh, satellite. Uh, we've been looking for that for twelve <laughs> years now. Uh, you found it, you know? Jeez, Louise, NASA, <clears throat> come on. Uh, it's let's get to some musky news. So musky. <laughs> So musky. Uh, Elon Musk has sold over seven point five million dollars worth of flamethrowers. Of what now? Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> of flamethrowers, yeah. Uh, when Elon Musk sold 50,000 hats emblazoned with the Boring Company's logo. Now, if, you're, if you've heard past episodes, you know that the Boring Company logo was designed by J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Fun fact, okay? Yes. Um, anyways, J.J. here. J.J., get out of here. I'm sorry, he came in the, <laughs> while we were recording. He said the next thing he would sell would be flamethrowers. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you go from hats... Right. To flamethrowers. That's it's, next. No, there's no t-shirts. And then no brontosaurus. Yeah. And then a brontosaurus right. will be next. Yeah. He'll resurrect. Uh, for the low price of $500. Mm-hmm. That's, so that seems reasonable for a flamethrower. It, it's extremely reasonable. Yeah. And I think there's a payment plan involved. And <laughs> But, you know, I watched a video of this. There's this really funny video of Instagram on Instagram that Elon put out right. of him lo- blowing this thing up. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a flamethrower. It's, it's like not a like a military-grade Flamethrower. Yeah, there's no flames being thrown. It it actually which is misleading. Yeah, it's got a little flame coming out. It's of the a blowtorch. Right. It's like a glorified uh, lighter, like one of those lighters. That, yes. Well, like but a it's giant powerful. Lighter. It is pretty powerful. Anyways, um, he he wrote this on Twitter. He said the rumor that I'm secretly creating a zombie apocalypse to generate demand for flamethrowers is completely false. It's completely. But it's fa- ridiculous. But the fact that a rumor is going around <laughs> is what I love. Uh, Musk, we love you. And Supreme Overlord Musk, I apologize. Yeah. Make, get your uh, get your titles yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, and he was like consistently tweeting about the level of sales. Yeah. Because like they sold out <laughs> in no proud. time at all, but he's like, uh, we've only got 10,000 left. Yeah. He's very proud of this. And the funny thing is the boring company was made to bore through the earth to make right. these giant bores, right. not flamethrowers. Oh, not joke novelty gifts. Yeah. What is he doing? <laughs> like he's got his, you know, he's got his hand in every honeypot. Yeah. Uh, anyways, if, if there is a zombie apocalypse, he's got his cover, which is very, really great. Uh, the next piece of musky news is Uber and NASA are teaming up to make flying cars a reality. I find this impossible to believe. No, it is absolutely true. And Tesla's involved with this. But, you know, it's actually like a secret. It, it doesn't look like flying cars. It looks like a little plane that flies from rooftop to rooftop, basically. I would like to go from rooftop yeah. to rooftop. So the idea is it's like a, it's not actually a flying car. It's just a plane that is low, low, you know, flies low and kind of like a little helicopter. I'm in. 
I'm in. Anyways, we're all in. I watched uh, Daredevil a lot this week. Oh, yeah. I finished it, actually. Yeah. And uh, he runs across rooftops a lot. Oh, man. I'd like to do How that. How great is that? He That'd does the flips. I'd try that sometimes, doing flips and stuff. I, don't, I never... <laughs> I'm on the ground and I can't even do it. So I don't know how he does it. And he's blind. That's yeah. A, he's that's right. a testament well, to not really. Daredevil. Uh, he is. Get out of here. All right. All right. Let, that's all the news that's fit to print. Uh, that's all we need to talk about. We'll have more next time, I'm sure. There's always more news, right? I assume. Unless if if world, things happen. Unless the world ends from this point to next point. There won't be news. Maranatha. Well, that will be news, I guess. And we'll talk about it then. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Oscar nominations. This will be fun. I thought it'd be fun because Jeremy has no clue what half these movies are. Is that correct, Jeremy? I know, based on the list in front of me, like I know two. what one of them is about. All right, well done. So I'm going to, and also we're going to we're gonna do a game on our Facebook page, on the Nerd Gospel Facebook page, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm saying we're going to do this. We probably won't do it. But we may do like whoever guesses them all correct, the most correct, the most mm-hmm. Oscar nominations wins. Uh, now, just before gratitude. you start announcing new contests, oh, yeah, we what about our old contest <laughs> where you said you would give away I'm something on that. at 350, 350 members? We have them. That. We have them. Did I say 350? I thought we meant 400. No. All right, we'll get on that. What uh, this is a new contest. We're starting. So here's, here's the first name of the best picture. Mm-hmm. Call me by your name. What yeah. do you think that's about, Jeremy? Uh, call me by your name. Yep. I think it's about identity theft. Oh, you're exactly wrong. Oh. <laughs> you're incredibly wrong okay. because it's actually about... A coming of age story. I'm uh-huh. just saying this off the top of my. I've only seen the trailers. I'm okay, just coming, coming it's of a age. coming of age story about a boy who falls in love with another man. <sighs> uh. <laughs> Winner. Yep, that'll probably win. Uh, the next one, Darkest Hour. The Darkest Hour is uh, basically yep. the same premise as the last movie. You're about identity theft. <laughs> no, about the boy that loves a man. No, that's the darkest hour. You're just gonna guess all total of them. depravity. No, the darkest hour is about some a, a guy wakes up in the middle of the night and it's like one o'clock mm-hmm. and it's compl- no lights are on and for an hour he stumbles around. It's an art piece. That sounds really no, great. No, darkest hour is about Winston Churchill or something. I think that has a good chance. Okay, the next one's Dunkirk. That's got to be the last this. time that Have Captain Captain Kirk. Yeah, was done. on the Enterprise. He's done, done Kirk. Kirk. He's done, Kirk. Uh, that's about a war or something. I didn't actually <laughs> see it. <laughs> they land on a beach and there's guns. That was a beautiful movie. Everybody's upset I loved every second something. of it. Uh, get out. Uh, that's about this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> get, just get out. Stop. Get out. Yeah. Uh, that's a great movie. Is it? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I feel it's like a, they should have an exclamation point at the end of the Get out. It's title. a horror film. Mm-hmm. But it deals with like all these like uh, racial. It, it deals with racial stuff going on. It came out right in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement and all sorts of stuff is going on. And uh-huh. it, man, I can't. It's, it's fantastic. It now really I don't know if that one will win or Call Me by Your Name will well, win. Well, because there's still more. Jeremy. It's all about. There's still more power to the people. The next one, Lady Bird. Lady Bird sounds like uh, a a quaint story. Yep, here it is. Of a close. old uh, woman. Nope. Who uh-huh. uh finds she's an heiress. Dead wrong. To a fortune she didn't <laughs> to, know existed. To a pirate's fortune. Uh, it's about a coming-of-age story. Oh, where a girl, No, no, it is a coming-of-age story about a girl in a Catholic school or something like that. I want to see that really bad. Uh, we got four more here. Phantom Thread, what do you think it's about? Um, Phantom of the Opera sews his own clothes. You're exactly right. Yep. Uh, the Post? The Post, uh, just getting mail and yep, how exciting it is. that is. It's about mail. Like, you've got mail. I got mail. It's You've Got Mail, but it's a sequel to You've Got well, Mail. Well, it's from the 1850s. Yeah. The Shape of Water. I actually just saw this. Uh, I think that's probably something crazy, like about a lady that falls in love with a monster and then no. gets intimate Whoa, with it. No, way off, way off. No? Okay. No, it's just this guy puts a stick in water and it's like, ooh. The last one, Three Billboards <laughs> so Outside shady. of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, I have no idea. It's about three billboards. I've lost interest in this entire Jeremy, literally, the, the whole theme is in the title. Three, three billboards, billboards outside, outside of Ebbing, Ebbing Missouri. Missouri. And it's can just, you, can just you imagine how much tourism Ebbing, Missouri just got? It's the uh, the, caf- the traffic cam yeah. from their just news thing like, that's just showing these three billboards. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> just for an hour and a half. Uh, enough of this. This is foolishness, Jeremy. Why did we waste so much time on that? Let's get know. to the main event. You know what the main event? Yeah. Q&A. Q&A. Oh, yeah. Q&A. Yeah. So the Reformed Brotherhood, this is really good. <laughs> the Reformed Brotherhood just did a Q&A session. And it was great. And it was fantastic. They so, are so bright. If you don't know who they podcast. are, uh, we are in a society of Reformed podcasters. Yeah. It's some a would call it society a secret society. That we all talk about constantly. Yeah. But there's oh, there's some secret stuff we do. <laughs> nah, there's not. Uh, but we're in this group and Reformed Brotherhood's in the group. Yep. There's Five for Fruit, which is in the group. 
which is Kerry Geffart. Yep, he, He's awesome. Five minutes of your time. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, we're in this great group. And Informed Brother just did Q&A. So we thought we would do Q&A as Q&A. well. So let me check the email here. Yep. All right. I'm pulling up the first email here. It's from, oh, it's from a guy named Thad. Okay. Which is my son's name. Hi. Hey. Let me check it out. That's great. So it says, uh, dear dad, I miss you. Stop doing the podcast. Please come home. What's the question? Oh, that was, there was no question. That was... No question. Let's go to the next email. Okay. All right. The next email here. Do you, you want to read this one? Oh, it looks like uh, we've got one from my wife. Oh, well, let's hear what Jen asks. Yeah. This All is right. probably deep. It yeah. says, uh, what are you making for dinner? All right. Let's skip the Q&A <laughs> session. We'll come back to that another time. Uh, if you do have questions for us, man, you can email us. You can ask us personally. It would be the first time anyone's asked us a question. We've never so been asked a question. Right now, this is just an echo chamber. In our lives. Echo, echo. <laughs> Let's get to the main event, Back to the Basics. So we've been in a Back to the Basics series, and basically yeah. basically, what we're doing, what we're attempting to do, what basically. we're failing to do, but well, we're trying to no, do, we're doing fine. successfully, okay. is <laughs> we're double-minded in everything, Jim, uh-huh. as the Bible says something about that. Uh-huh. Uh, what we're trying to do is go back to the basics of the Christian faith. So this is for both Christians and non-Christians alike. If you don't know uh, much about the Christian faith, or if you know a lot and you just kind of want to be encouraged, this is for you. Yeah. And so tonight we are talking about prayer. What is prayer? Mm-hmm. What do we do with it? Uh, what's it for? Can anybody do it? Who knows? No, we do know. We well, have some sort of answer. The Bible tells us so. So we're going to talk about prayer tonight. Uh, once again, not to you know keep talking about him because we don't like to talk about him that much, but the Reformed Brotherhood just did an uh, uh, episode on prayer. It was fantastic. So go listen to that first. We're going to come at it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start out with some great prayer quotes. I love great prayer quotes. I love it. Here's something Martin Luther said. Yeah, say it. He said... I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. So what is he saying by that quote, Jeremy? He's saying he can accomplish nothing aside from petitioning God for that success. Yes. So that quote kind of sets us off here with what we're doing, right? Uh, It's important. Prayer seems useless to us sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems seems like we could be doing something else with our time. Like it's not, you know, but Martin Luther's saying, no, 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 before I even endeavor to do something, I need to spend three hours in prayer. Yeah. And it, it's not like saying now all of us have to do three hours of prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have trouble praying, you can start five minutes, 10 minutes, work your way up. Yeah. Um, man, how, how awesome is that to start everything with yeah, prayer? Yeah, and try to get your mindset to the point where you realize this isn't something you get through before you get to the stuff that gets stuff done. Yeah, like absolutely. Getting, spending time in prayer. The next quote Super here important. is another old Marty Luther Mm-hmm. He says, prayer is not over- overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold of his willingness. That's really, really cool. Hmm. I think uh, a lot of times we have this idea that we come to God and he's reluctant to offer us something good. Yeah. And, whereas the Bible says, if you, he, you know, Jesus is talking to the, the people and he's saying, if you are bad fathers, if you're evil fathers, or mm-hmm. he uses the word evil, and yet you know how to give your children good things, right. how much more good things, how much better do you think the Lord's going to give you, yeah. your Father in Heaven? Yeah. Uh, so it's not us trying to overcome God's reluctance. It's us laying hold of His willingness and the things He's already laid out in advance for us. Yeah. Right. You want to read the next quote there? Yep. John Bunyan said, I love this. Yeah, I love this quote. The best, best prayer I ever prayed had enough sin in it to damn the whole world. Yeah. that's. I love that Bunyan says that's the best prayer he ever prayed, right. was when he dumped his sin mm-hmm. at the foot of the cross. He dumped all his sin out and he laid it all out in prayer, held nothing back. And it was enough sin, he says, you know, hyper, you know, hypothetically, mm-hmm. to damn the whole world. Uh, but he, he dumps all his sin out before the Lord and he just lays himself bare and says, Lord, here, r- forgive me. I have always understood that quote very differently from what you oh, just said. what do you think? I thought, well, I guess now I need to see what the context was yeah. that he said it in, but I thought he was saying that his most righteous prayer still had so much sin in it because, oh, and not like the quantity of sin, but that there, any sin is enough to damn the whole world. And your best, the best that you offer God, the absolute best fruits of your heart is still, are still apart from Christ, filthy rags, deserving of damnation. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a good way to read it too. I don't know. We'd have to find the, man, that's cool. I think both ways are true. I think both ways work. <laughs> and knowing Bunyan, he's a clever, clever guy. Speak out of both sides of his mouth I'll call with, with truth. I'll call him. Not the other way. Prayer is beyond any question the highest activity of the human soul. Man is at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. That's D. Martin Mm -hmm. Lloyd-Jones. Man is at his 
greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so just kind of as we started out talking about the first quote here is just prayer is not a waste of time. Yeah. It's not a waste of time. For the saints, it's the breathing out of the saints, right? Uh, there's this quote by Bonhoeffer where he says, prayer is the, the key that, that opens the door in the morning, basically, I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And key is also the prayer, prayer is also the key that locks me safe at night. And so what he's saying is, the Lord has the first word, and he also has the last word of my day. It opens the cl- it closes my day. Uh, and I think that's really that that harkens back to the psalm when David says earnestly I you know I seek you in the morning. Yeah. There's something about seeking God in the morning, the first thing we do of the day, seeking his face that sets the frame for the rest of our day. Mm-hmm. So as we we look at this, we're going to go to um John Calvin, he has four rules of prayer. We're going to look at that, and then we're going to finish up with the Lord's Prayer itself and look at the model that Jesus gives to believers on how we should pray. So the very first rule that Calvin gives us here on his rules, right? Uh, the term rules, or he's just meaning like a guideline yes. of how we should pray. The first rule is a heartfelt sense of reverence. So here's a quote he says. He says, For there is a communion of men with God by which, having entered the heavenly sanctuary, they appeal to him in person concerning his promises in order to experience where necessity so demands that what they believed was not vain, although he had promised it in word alone. And so there's this sense where when we approach God, we are approaching the throne of heaven. And we are coming to him, uh, holding, holding on to his promises even though it's just in his word, the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. We're reading the word of God. We're reading the Bible and he, God gives us promises. Yes. And the Bible says that in Christ, all those promises are yes. Mm-hmm. They're just yes. And so in prayer, we are coming reverently before the throne, before the king of heaven. And we are coming as children saying, father, here's what we need. You know what we need. Mm-hmm. You know what you've laid out for us. Would you give us that? Right. Fulfill your promises. Fulfill your promises that that are laid forth of us in Christ. Would you read the next one there, Jeremy? Yep. The second rule is a heartfelt sense of need and repentance. He says, therefore, we see that to us nothing is promised to be expected from the Lord, which we are not also bidden to ask of him in prayers. So true is it that we dig up by prayer the treasures that were pointed out by the Lord's gospel and which our faith has gazed upon. I really like Calvin uses this language that prayer has it's kind of like these gems that have been hit, like hidden in a mine for us, like gold and diamonds and all these things that have been hidden in a mine. And through prayer, we have this pickaxe where we go into the mine and we just dig away at these gems and these gold and all these treasures that God's already laid out for us. Uh, and so we go into the mind. And, and so the second rule is heartfelt sense of need and repentance. We go in prayer with empty hands. Right. I, what what can Jeremy and I bring to the table? What do we bring in prayer? We we come like children with empty hands, right? In need of food, in need of sustenance. Uh, think of every prayer, you know, righteous prayer that that we pray. Uh, it's always something in need. Yeah. It's all, and and God doesn't turn us away. That's the beauty of it. God doesn't uh, kick us out of the throne and say, "How dare you come to the King and ask me for something?" Right. If right. we're children. And this, I mean, this quote is saying the opposite is saying we're expected to come and ask. Yeah. It's uh, not like a, like, well, if you don't ask, then you don't get, but, but this idea that uh, it's good for us to come to our father and ask him for good gifts. Yeah. To dig up the, the, by prayer, the treasures that were pointed out by the Lord's gospel. And so once again, the Lord's gospel has promises in it for God's children. uh, And we come in need and repentance. The third one, the third rule is a heartfelt sense of humility and trust in God. Calvin says, through which he sustains us, weak as we are and well nigh overcome, and of his goodness, through which he receives us, miserably burdened with sins unto grace, and in short, it is by prayer that we call him to reveal himself as wholly present to us. Mm-hmm. So when we come in prayer, our, our heart, our sense of our heart, our heart cry is humility and trust. In God. Um, when I need something, you know, being a man, my first instinct is not to ask people for help. Yeah. Right. I mean, would you say that's true? Like I, I needed my tire changed and my, my bolts would not come off <laughs> and it was driving me nuts. So rather than ask somebody for help or to, you know, I went to YouTube yeah. and I sat there for like an hour, just beating on my tire. Finally it worked. But I waste so much time doing silly things like that when I could ask people for help. Yeah, um, my so, son's got a giant breaker bar that would just pop those. Yeah, things right pop that, so. and I could have called your son. <laughs> I could have done that. Um, but we have to come to God and we have to admit we don't have it all figured out. Sure, 
We have to come with humility and we have to come with trust. Part and we come we come in faith, knowing that God hears us, mm-hmm. right? Praying and hoping that God hears us through the promise of the gospel that He does hear us. Right. And, you know, the Book of Hebrews says we we approach um, the the throne of grace with confidence. Yeah. And and only only people with Christ can approach with confidence. I often tell my youth kids uh, this example. I say, imagine you walk home, you come home. And uh, one of your friends is walks in before you, walks in the house before you, but your parents have no clue who they are. Right. Your mom would freak out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or your dad would go, "What? Are you, who is it? Who are you? And he'd be like, well, I'm a friend of some, you know, and they'd, they'd panic a little bit and yeah. scare them. Mm-hmm. Now imagine you walk in with that friend. The, the mood and the, the method of your parents' response is completely different. Right. And it's solely because you are with them. Yeah. And so imagine when you come in the name of Jesus before the throne of God, before the throne of grace, you come with Christ. Right. And, and the method of God, you know, God does not say, get away from me. He, he says, come, come, my child, come. You come wearing my son's robes. Mm. Come in. Uh, and that is just absolutely gorgeous when you think about prayer. And, and yet we neglect it. Right. Uh, we're invited to come in, and yet we neglect it. The next, the last rule there, the final rule, number four, is to have a heartfelt sense of confident hope. And Calvin says, hence comes an extraordinary peace and repose to our consciences. For having disclosed to the Lord the necessity that was pressing upon us, we even rest fully in the thought that none of our ills is hid from him who we are convinced has both the will and the power to take the best care of us. I love that because there are times when I'll pray and I'll forget things, obviously. um, And then I'll go, oh man, I forgot that. Or, uh, you know, just little things like that. And sometimes with, with, when I'm praying with a large group of people, I'll say, I'm going to do a blanket prayer, Mm -hmm. you know? But it's a com- I can do a blanket prayer because it's a confidence that God heard them. Right. Like, like our God actually heard their petition when they asked me to pray for it. Yeah. And so whereas I forgot, he does never, he never forgets. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the greatest, you know, one of my favorite things in scripture is when uh, the, the thief on the cross says, remember me. Yeah. When you enter into your kingdom, remember me. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that Jesus, yeah, he absolutely will remember him. He remembers me. He remembers, he doesn't forget about us. Yeah. Uh, he loves us. He, he knows the hairs on our head. He, he listens to our petitions. He listens to our prayers uh, so we can have confident hope that when we approach the throne of grace with confidence, uh, God hears us. Mm-hmm. He hears our prayers. So I like those four rules. Yeah. Um, you know, Calvin's, Calvin comes about it. There's, there's a few ways to approach prayer, I think, and different people have approached them different ways. I think Calvin, just knowing his theology, he comes with a, uh, we approach in a very reverent manner, which sure. I think is great. Right. Um, I, I just preached a sermon on this not too long ago. I preached on um, the Lord's Prayer, which we're about to get into. Mm-hmm. And I approached it in a little different way. I approached it as a child approaching a father, right. which there's still reverence yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same as approaching a king unless your father's a king, right? <laughs> uh, so we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, you know, another thing, I think the Reformed Brother had talked about this. Um, there are... It was an anagram and <laughs> acronym. <laughs> no, acronym, yep. acronym. I know uh, it's an acronym. You can, you know, there are acronyms. Pray is an acronym. Acts is an mm-hmm. acronym and little things that help you remember how to, how to, uh, you know, format your yeah, prayers, structure your prayers so that you yeah. don't forget something. I think that's good starting out. Mm-hmm. My only issue with that is I think then our prayers become sort of rigid yeah. and then we go, Oh man, I forgot C. Okay. Uh, let me, you know, Oh, I forgot the T and uh, you know, mm. and you kind of get, you get sit there and you're like, it's like in the middle of a conversation, you're like, hold on a second. Let me check my, uh, let me check my acronym here. Let me check my anagram <laughs> and make sure I got this right. Uh, so I think start out with that, but move from that. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, cause I work with kids. I know a lot of kids who just cannot stand to pray. Mm-hmm. They just cannot stand it, especially praying out loud. Right. And I don't ever force them to, mm-hmm. I encourage them to learn how to pray. Right. Um, you know, uh, not to keep going back to Martin Luther, but one time there's, I heard this story one time where Martin Luther's son came to him. And he said, Papa, Papa, I don't, I don't know how to pray. And Martin first thought he was talking about like, you know, well, he doesn't know what to say. Well, you know, he doesn't know something. And he says, well, you say this. Well, and he goes, no, 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 pa- Papa, God is so big and I'm so small. Mm. How will he hear me? What will I pray? And then Martin Luther goes, oh, that's exactly what you say. You say, God, you are big and I am small. Yeah. That's all you pray. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that's a little, you know, I always think about that. I'm so small. God's so big. And sometimes I don't have words. And so I just sit there and I. I just groan or I, you know, I'm, I'm in that moment where I just can't even get words out. And I think he's so big. I'm so small. And yet he hears me. That just is a comfort, comfort yeah. to the believer. Uh, before we go to this next part, 
I feel like I should confess, <laughs> which is odd yeah. for a podcast, but I don't, I don't want to be a hypocrite in this. Like I'm really bad at prayer. Uh, like I'll have seasons where I am dedicated to it as a practice. Um, but I, it's really, really hard for me. Yeah. Um, and I have this intellectual understanding of everything that we're talking about. Uh, and I assume that it's come through over the microphones, maybe not, but like, I love God. Um, and I want to be with him, but there's some distance in prayer that I feel, uh, that's false. Like there's not real distance between me and God when I pray, but I, I have this super hard time. Like, and you're not alone. Well, and that's why I wanted to say that, uh, one, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Uh, I, I, uh, pine for a strong and fervent prayer life, but I can't pretend to have it right now. It's something that I want and that I'm not every day working on, but should be working on every day yeah. and hope to continue to work on that. But And I think prayers, I think it's so hard. I think that's the first part because what you're doing is one, if you're not a natural conversation person, mm-hmm. uh, you're having a conversation with somebody you can't see right. <laughs> you know, with God, you're having a conversation. And so that's kind of like, in the, like, what do I say? Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. am I going to say something stupid? You know, one of my, um, one of my professors in, in college once said, uh, you don't know how many times I prayed heresy. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is that he's like, he's, you know, just said things that he shouldn't have said in prayer. And you're like, Oh, you know, and right. it's very like you're fumbling through prayer, you know? Sure. Um, and I think that's okay. And you know, a lot of my kids say, uh, I always fall asleep <laughs> when I'm praying because they're praying I'm bad or whatever. Right. Uh, and then, I, you know, another thing, I, I thought about that a lot too, and I don't think you should strive to fall asleep. Like, I think you should try to fight that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think praying out loud helps that. But but you think about a kid that, you know, like a little baby yes. that falls asleep in your arms when you're singing to it. Mm-hmm. I don't think God gets upset that we fall asleep in his arms, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. When, when we're praying and we're praying at night, I don't think he gets upset. I think we should strive to not do it. Mm-hmm but it's not like God gets upset. Well, and if you go back to our attributes of God one, we yeah. don't believe that God has passions or emotions. Like he, he sees you in your entirety. And if you're in Christ, he sees you in the he entirety of Christ. Heart. Yeah. He knows your heart <laughs> yeah. uh, and he knows you didn't mean to fall asleep. He knows you're fallible and you're sinful. And right. uh, in Christ, you are forgiven of that. That's right. So even you're falling asleep in the midst of talking with the King of the universe, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't, doesn't relieve us of uh, our responsibilities to continue to strive yeah. to be righteous. Exactly. The last thing I'll say before we move on is uh, I love Fiddler on the Roof, the musical. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid growing up, I, I loved the beginning there. Tevya, the the guy, he's talking to God like this and he just talks all the time and he's saying, Lord, why didn't you give me this? But he, but he's sitting there working and he's just talking with God and it's written, right? It's a script. I yes, get it. Yes, yes. But I, I looked at that and I was like, I long to be like Tevye, where I can talk to God just while I'm working, while I'm doing things. And I'm li- he, because coming from Tevya in the in the show, right mm-hmm. in the musical, it's a faith mm-hmm. that he's praying to somebody and that he's listening and he's complaining. Right. You know. Now, should you complain before God all the time? No. But the Psalms are full of complaints. Mm-hmm. And so I I look at that as silly as that is, and there are times when I go to God and I'm mad. Yeah. And I do complain. Um, you know, when my dad got lung cancer, I was mad. I was furious. Uh, thank the Lord he's okay now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, that's it's just wild that I could go before the king and air my grievances. Yeah. Wow. It's just wild. So I, I, think, I think I'm in that same boat with you sometimes, Jeremy. I, I have seasons where I go in and out of really good prayer life. Uh, and then other, other times I'm just like, man, I ha- have I even prayed this week? Right. You know? I love the idea of replacing the inner dialogue that we all have. We're always constantly talking to ourselves, oh, whether, yeah. whether it's in words or just you know, you're alone with yourself all the time or you think you are like, just move all of that. And I'm telling myself this right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like move all of that conversation uh, to God. But like, yeah, what a better way to spend all the millions of words that I have going through my head. Like those can the all be pointed at God. Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then uh, I pray out loud because that really does help quite a bit. Yeah. It, one, one, it'll stop you from falling asleep unless you just can fall asleep while you're talking out loud. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the other thing I said in my, when I preached on this, particular passage was I, I like to set my posture prayer sometimes. So if I'm, if I'm really stubborn some weeks yeah. and I am stubborn, I will lay myself face down on the carpet and I'll sniff the carpet. I like to say that, sniff the carpet and I'll mm-hmm. even grab it in my hands mm-hmm. uh, and I'll wrestle there with God a little bit on the floor. 
and it's just me gripping the carpet, you know, and, and it has to humble yourself because you're laying prostate on the ground and you're sitting there going like, what am I doing down here? I sniff, it smells down here. I need a vacuum. <laughs> you know, there, you know, there's bugs down here, but seriously, it sets you in a posture of humility yeah. and it lets you realize what, well, you know, I need to get out of this attitude. I need mm-hmm. to get out of this. Um, even lay get on your knees. Like there is something to that. Uh, we're humbling yourself before God, coming to him, uh, setting your posture like that. Not just spiritually setting your posture, but physically setting your posture. Yeah. I'm going to make a commitment. Yeah. Live. On live. This, live commitment. On this pre-recorded podcast. Mark it. Uh, I'm going to see what I can do between now and the next time we record. <laughs> right. And I'm just going to report back. There it uh, is. How's report my prayer back life on your prayer life. Improved or not. Right, I'll ask you. And not the one where... Not, it won't be the next episode, but yeah. the one after that. Great. <laughs> That's great. All right. So let's get in this. Matthew 6. Uh, five through 13. We're going to read five through eight. Yep. And then we'll kind of talk a little bit about it and then we'll keep going. So Jeremy, you want to read that for us? And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, Do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. All right. Now, the thing that jumps out at me when I just hear that first part is three times Jesus says father. Yeah. And in that culture, you don't really call God father, Mm -hmm. right? To call At one point, Jesus calls himself the son of God, and they get mad at him, and they say he's equating himself with God. They understood what he was doing. Yes. Uh, And so for Jesus to look at them, not only call them pagans and hypocrites, but to tell them they should pray to God as if he's their father, like this is really, this is really bombastic. Right. Like, and he's, and, and it's meant to be jarring to them, right? Mm-hmm. And to be an indictment against them for the way they've treated God as this, just this lawgiver, um, just this, you know, distant deity that they worship mm-hmm. along with some of the others, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the first part there, what, what do you think jumps out to you, Jeremy, when we read that little part? Well, to me, as I was reading it, because I just publicly said I was going to pray, yep. it seems odd that it says, uh, do that in secret. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> there you go. You, so you I, I felt immediately condemned. Get so out of here. that's good. Uh, oh, man. No, yeah. I mean, this this idea that prayer is has nothing to do with you and people. Yeah. Prayer has everything to do with you and God. And there's no aspect of, uh, well, I wonder what people think, or yep. do I look good or bad? It doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with it. Yep. That's cool. And, and a lot of times we think about that too. Like it doesn't even have to do with prayer. Like think about what you do. Um, you want to be seen by others. Of course. You know, like I think about, um, anytime I'll do something funny, like I used to, when I was growing up, I used to do funny things and nobody would see it or hear what I said. So mm-hmm. guess what I do? Mm-hmm. I repeat what I had said, even if it didn't fit in the moment, because I wanted everybody to see how good I see how good I look. Right. Yeah. I want yeah. everybody to go, Oh, Heath is so funny. Ha ha ha. And we do that with all sorts of stuff. Like the boss didn't see you do something. There's a, Oh man, here we go. There's a Seinfeld episode where George tips yes. and the he lady doesn't see him tip. Mm-hmm. So he pulls the money back out and she sees that and she thinks he's stealing. Right. Kicks him out. He's like, no, no, I just no. didn't want to waste the tip. Yeah. I didn't want to. He wanted to hear her <laughs> to see him tip. And that is how we, pray sometimes right we want everybody to see us see us giving the tip right mm-hmm. see us praying mm-hmm. um and jesus says no no, no just go in your closet like right. it's you and god go do that now there is something to corporate prayer obviously um that's important mm-hmm. at least in the church setting so that's not what he's saying he's not saying no no corporate prayer no right. don't do that don't ever pray uh, in public yeah don't ever pray, pray in, in public. public but there is something you know prayer is something you between you and god um, you and your spouse, you and your kids, like do, do it as a family, do it uh, together Yeah, and do it in private. And when don't you pray in front of the it. church, don't like, then you're praying together to yeah. God. Don't, yeah. don't pray for the people in front of you. Yeah. I knew this guy one time who was really rehearsed and before he would pray, he'd go, he'd go, let us come to the Lord in prayer. You know, mm-hmm. or he, and every time he'd say something like, let us approach the throne of grace with, mer-, you know, and, pray. and it was very rehearsed and you could tell he was just kind of, he was doing a show, right? Yeah. Um, and then I've heard other people, there's, you know, our associate pastor here, our, our assistant pastor, and I always get those two confused, mm-hmm. Jim Comrade, mm-hmm. um, he, man, he prays and it's like heaven opens up and you know, it's just awesome. I once heard somebody, I can't remember who it was, maybe Moeller. Somebody said that, um, and this is awful. He said not eight out of 10 prayers prayed in church are not real prayers. Yeah. And it, I think it was him. I, it, may, it sounds like something he would say, mm-hmm. but they say the point of that being was that eight out of 10 prayers 
and that's not just like he did the, <laughs> the math on it or anything, but they, they're just rehearsed or they're not actually prayers to God. They're prayers to the people. Right. You're praying to be seen. Yeah. You're praying to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I preach or when I teach, I always like to think about that. Like I kind of, in a way, try to push everybody away yeah. in that sense. And I pretend like there's kind of a wall between me and them and it's just me and God and I'm praying. And if they hear what I'm saying, that's good. Mm-hmm. Cause I know they're hearing it, but I like to pretend like they're not right yeah. anyway. So that's kind of how I think about that as well. So let's, all right. So then the next part there, but when you pray, go in your room, close the door, pray to your father. Don't you have to go in your closet unless you have a really nice closet. You got to have a dedicated prayer closet. There's no other way to pray. Yeah. What is that? And there, and there are a movie called war room where she's like, I go in my closet and I <laughs> prepare for battle. Yeah, I never a, saw a pantry is acceptable yeah. if you can fit in it, but if you don't Honey, have a dedicated room, where, you're not a Christian. Where, where's daddy? Open the pantry. Oh, you know, pots are falling out. Things are just eating Reese's puffs. Yeah. And I love that. Do not keep on babbling like pagans. There's another thing, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of youth kids will say, well, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, man, just speak from your heart. Just pray. Mm-hmm. And it's really yeah. short and sweet. They're like, yeah. well, I don't have a heart. Boom. I love it. Yeah. I don't have a heart. That is weird when they say that. <laughs> now it's short and sweet. Boom. I'm like, beautiful. Right. I love it. Great. You know, awesome prayer. Yeah. All right. So the next part here, now we're going to go through it a little bit. Uh, the way I preached on this and we'll kind of approach it, I guess, if that's okay with you, Jeremy. Yep. yep. We're going to pre- uh, talk about it as if it's a child's prayer, because I really think it's it's this beautiful, for believers, it's a beautiful prayer of a child. Mm-hmm. Not childish, but childlike, yes. coming with childlike Very dependency. different. Yeah, very different. So the very first part says, this then is how you should pray. Jesus is telling the disciples, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I kind of want to break this up a little bit. The very first part there says, our, yeah. O-U-R. And so Jesus is telling us something very important about that. We just talked about how... You pray in secret with the Father, mm-hmm. uh, but our gives us an identity. And so now here, Jeremy and I are as two brothers, mm-hmm. and we can pray our to our Father. Yep. He's our Father. Right. That's awesome. Right? That's right. The next thing there, our Father. So he's our Father in heaven. Uh, think about, you know, this is always so difficult when I preach. I think about um, some people don't have great dads. Yeah. And that's always in the back of my mind. Anytime I preach on a on subject of God being father, mm-hmm. and sometimes I address that, sometimes I don't. The issue is at some point you really have to move past your own circumstances with the scripture, right? right? Yep. Uh, so I get it. I understand that some of you maybe listening don't have great dads, right? I get it. Yep. Uh, but, but the, but the beauty of this is you don't, you do have a great father. Mm-hmm. You have the best father in heaven. And so whatever your earthly father was, don't look to him. Look to your heavenly father who is better in every way better uh, and makes your earthly father look like dirt, mm-hmm. right? I, ha- I have a really good dad and he makes my earthly father look like dirt. I don't even, mm-hmm. you know, I, he's my heavenly father. Yeah. So, so look to him as your father. He is our father. And the last part, where is he at? He's in heaven. He's in heaven. Where are we at? Earth. We're on earth. So that's our posture. Yeah. He's in heaven. We're on earth. Uh, Papa, what do I say? You say you're small mm. and we're small. And so we come to God. We're invited to come to God who is in heaven uh, as our father. That is mind blowing. Yeah. Right. And the next part there. So the next part is uh, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now I used to think of this as me going, Hey God, you are just so man. Hallowed be your name. Mm. You're holy. Hey God, you're holy. I, I didn't know everyone if you knew else this. should know that. Hey God, I didn't know if you knew this, but you're holy. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Uh, but after I studied it and thought about it, what it really means is, hallowed be your name. It's me telling myself, Lord, I have no clue how holy you really are. Right. I have absolutely no clue. Everyone here in this room, if we're you know in the sanctuary, whatever, we have no clue. So we're saying this. We're saying, Lord, show us how holy you really are. Mm. Let us hallow your name as it is hallowed in heaven. We want the same holiness that you ha- that you get from the angels in heaven, the same praise, the same glory. Let that be done on earth. Yeah. And let that be in our in our hearts and in our thoughts and in our speech in our, and yeah. our action in our church in our in church our country in our world. Yeah, let it be hallowed. Yeah, and that takes us to the next part. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, what we're saying there that's a that's an evangelistic prayer. Mm. We're saying let your name go out to all the earth. Let your holiness be shown through all the earth. Let everybody see just how hallowed our Father is. I want everybody to know about my dad, my Father in heaven. We want everybody. Uh, and then we're also saying your kingdom come right on earth as it is in heaven. We're saying, Lord, end history. Yeah. Send your son. Right. Send your son, Jesus. We're ready. We're here. We are. Let, let the gospel go forth. Let it reach every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people. Let them hear it. Lord, come quickly, come quickly, come quickly, Lord Jesus. That's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. 
And, and, and so many times, like we're not even done with this yet, but so many times we pray this prayer and it's just us going, our father who art in heaven. Mm-hmm. And it literally just becomes this mantra. And I, and I feel like we just miss out on what Jesus is showing us. Yeah. Right. Um, and so going back to what Jesus said at the beginning, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. Yeah. You know, uh, now <laughs> when you read corporately, like this is usually read corporately, right? Sure. I had this friend growing up named Ted and he, every time we read corporately in church, he would overemphasize everything. So, so we'd be going our father in heaven, you know, and he'd go our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. <laughs> and he would to be different, like a sore thumb. but it was so funny because every time we were corporately, we'd look at Ted and he'd be like, he, you know, and oh, he was just goofing off. But well, that's babbling. Man, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> so you should. I'm I'm challenging somebody in in church now. Like yeah. Corporate prayer. I do try to do that when when we're reading yeah, corporately. I try to be a little bit away from the yeah, drudgery because people are like robot. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I do like uh, like your will be done. You're calling for submission. You're saying that the world, obviously, always meaning my heart first. Yeah. My, my heart needs to fall under your will. Uh, and we're call, asking God, make it make the world fall under your will, yeah. which obviously will happen at the final judgment. All things will be done to, according to God's will. Because if, I, because if I'm being honest, I don't want God's will to be done half the time in my life. I want my will. Otherwise, that we would be sinless yeah. if yeah. that was. I want my will. I wake up and I go, what is Heath, you know, what's good for Heath today? How's the world going to revolve around me today? Oh, you know, and I'll check the news. I'll be like, why are things not going the way I want it to go? Yeah. You know? What happened to my portfolio with my cryptos? With my crypto <laughs> cryptocurrencies. <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother episode. Uh, <laughs> your will be done, not our will. Uh, Lord, conform us to your will. Yeah. Conform right. us to the image of your son. Uh, Jesus says, I only do what the father is doing. I only see what he's doing, you know, doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Let, we want to be like Jesus and we only want to have God's will be our number one in our hearts. Yeah. Right. Uh, the next part, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Uh, I love how simple that is. Give us today our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Give us today the, just the bread we need for today. Right. And then tomorrow, it's implied that I'm going to have to pray this again tomorrow because guess what I need tomorrow? Some daily bread. Some daily bread. I'm going to need more bread. But we're going to worry about that tomorrow. But I'm going to pray it again tomorrow. Right. And so this is a prayer of a child going to his mom. You know, my, kid, my son comes to me. Lunch, you know, what do you want mm-hmm. for, you know, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. He always wants Chick-fil-A. <laughs> uh, so it's like I'm going to God and saying, Lord, I need some food today. Yeah. Look, can I have some food? I'm really, I'm hungry today. I need right. your, I, I need it from you because I'm, you know, you give me everything. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, the next part, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. I love this because um, it's, it's said two ways. It said, forgive us our trespasses mm-hmm. as we forgive our trespassers. And I think Baptists say it that way and Presbyterians say debts. Mm. And the joke is that Presbyterians have more debt because of our schooling or whatever. <laughs> what the? Yeah, yeah. All and right. then Baptists are scared to death of, of people getting on their lawns right. and trespassing. They're going to have to shoot them off the porch. Beautiful lawns, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm just, that's a silly. That's makes terrible. fun of both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors implying that we have forgiven our debtors. Yeah. I love that because I, I haven't really, I don't forgive debts easily. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, so when you pray, you're telling God, I'm going to, I'm going to forgive my debts because you forgave my, forgive my debts. Right. Uh, so it's a gospel prayer. Yeah. It's a prayer saying there's good news here. And since it's been given to me, now I'm going to give it out to the world. And so now, because this is, you know, this is the whole gospel right here because Jesus died for me. How do I love my wife? Because Jesus died for me, how do I treat my boss? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus died for me, how do I go to work and do all this stuff? How do I love my children? The gospel applies to everything. Yeah. And the gospel changes everything. Right? Do you think there's a a self-casting curse in this? Like where you're saying, uh, forgive me only as I forgive my debtors. If I screw that up, like are you calling <laughs> yeah. curses only, on yourself? <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, no. for, forgive us our debts. It's a it's a petition to God to be better than we are, which He always is. That's right. But it's uh, not saying God just match me what I do because yeah. if you're saying that if yeah. that's what you think you're praying. Uh, you're, if you forgave you're all it. of my debt, which was massive, mm-hmm. help me forgive the twenty five cents my you know right. <laughs> my friend owes me. Like yeah. you know my word. Yeah. Uh, the last part: lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Sometimes it just says evil, but the better way is evil one because mm-hmm. we do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against powers and the, you know, Satan, the one of darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little misleading. Lead us not to temptation. God does not tempt us. Uh, so it's not like we're saying, Hey Lord, don't, don't lead us into temp. Don't lead us into something where we would sin. Right. 
It's not, it's not what we're saying. We're saying deliver us from those when we are tempted. Mm-hmm. Um, deliver us from the power of the evil one who does actively tempt us right. all the time. Uh, what were we saying the other day that we, the three things we fight against were this um, sin, sin, the flesh, flesh the world. and the world. Wait, the devil, the flesh and the world. Oh, the devil, the flesh, sin the is all of those. Yeah, all those. You're <laughs> right. Um, so we fight against those things. We don't fight against flesh and blood. So keep that in mind. And prayer is what we do. We, we combat things with prayer, right? We combat the spiritual forces with prayer. We actually do that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyways, the, the last thing is this is just the way I, I approach this. Like we said, was it's a prayer of, for children of the king. This is, this, this is a prayer that you cannot pray if you do not know Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you are not a believer, then this is not your prayer. And so our desire, Jeremy and I's desire, is that you would hold fast to this prayer through faith in Christ. Yeah. And so that you could look at this and go, man, what an assurance I have. What a, what a prayer Jesus has given us, given the church, given his bride to pray. Um, and, and the way, only way you do that is by knowing Jesus Christ who died on your sins, died on the cross for your sins, took all of your sin, gave you all of his righteousness, and by believing in him through faith in him, you can read this prayer as a child and pray it to yeah. the king yep. who loves you desperately, you know, loves you with a, so much that he sent his son to, to die on the cross. For right. Him. A demonstrated love. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So that's our episode on prayer. Uh, there's so much more we could say. There's a ton of, there's spilled ink on, on every page about prayer. <laughs> I mean, you can Google prayer books and there's tons and tons of books. Uh, I, I have a few that I like. There's one um, called Praying Backwards mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Uh, I haven't finished that one all the way through, but I'm about halfway, three-fourths of the way through. Right. Um, there's another one. Man, I should have written this down. My favorite is The Valley of Vision. It's a, yeah. oh, a Puritan pure, prayer book. Yeah. I, I tried to give my son that to read recently. He's 18. He's and like, he's like, uh, this thing's boring. I was like, I don't know if I love you anymore. <laughs> uh, how can you say that? Uh, didn't I give you that? Yeah, you oh, did. You Thank go. you Look very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Uh, I, I wanted everybody to hear that. I, <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. I just literally popped man. Anyways, I, I have that other book. I can't think of it, but um, it's awesome. I'll post it. Whatever it is. On our website page. It's great. So man, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this, no, I'm not. Uh, if you listen to this and you enjoyed it, man, would you like it? Share it. it. It's really great to listen to it, but if you share it with somebody, that's a gift that they'll always thank you for. Whoa, maybe. Right? Maybe. That's, that's the gift. Give the gift mm-hmm. of the Nerd Gospel Podcast to someone you love. Today. Today. Uh, <laughs> for 25 cents. Yeah. And say, save the puppies. <laughs> save the children. Save the puppies. Save yeah. the world. Save the cheerleader. <laughs> uh, I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. 